On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to another edition of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Joining me on the phone, it is the one, the only Aaron Lewis of the band Stained. He has a new country album out called State I'm In. And uh, I'm going to tell you the state I'm in because Aaron and I had a long, long conversation about this. Uh, as you know, there have been some video clips and reports about him sort of uh, cursing out fans and saying, hey, listen, be quiet or, or something a little more uh, spicy than that. But be quiet. You're at a show. You're here to listen to songs. And I have to say. Uh, and the way it was contextualized was to somehow suggest that he was crazy or something. And, and, and I, I disapprove of that, and I'll tell you why. I go to a lot of shows, and people come up to me all the time, friends, family, uh, fans, whatever, and they'll say, hey, how's it going? And that's absolutely wonderful. I encourage you, please come and say hello. Let's take a picture, whatever you want. More than happy. But what irritates me and what happens sometimes is you're at a show, and there'll be like a quiet song or a ballad or, or even a fast song. And you've got a group of people, three, four, five, just talking. And, and they're not talking about the concert. They're talking about what happened at the office or who's a B-I-T-C-H or who's, a, who, who's a, an ass. Or who, and it's just like, really? Can, can you take that conversation outside? I mean, I go to a lot of shows and I've had these people in front of me and in back of me having these conversations. And you're like, well... Didn't you pay 150 bucks to hear songs? So why are you not listening to the songs? And if you got freebies and you don't like the band, then why are you here? And I got to say, I have a friend that I used to take to shows, and I underline used to take to shows. I would invite him, and he would come, and he would spend his entire show, he would spend the entire show in my ear going, did you see this? Did you see that? Oh, they don't play it like they used to. Are they, And it was just nonstop. It was a drone. And I said, listen, dude, you got to stop. And I would, you know, at some point I would just put up my hand and say, stop. And so I just said, you know what? I'm just not, I'm not going to invite him to shows anymore. Still a great friend, but just not a concert buddy. And, and that happens to me. You know, I was at Avantasia the other day in Montreal and they're doing this song called Dying for an Angel, which... Uh, was done on an album with Klaus Mein and the Scorpions. It is absolutely my favorite song by that band, mostly because I'm a Scorpions fan. And they start playing it, and I'm listening to it, and I'm in it. And then this guy gets in my ear and goes, man, this song is so great, and this is a... And I'm like, yes, let me hear it, you know? Um, and, and I get that at Kiss shows. I was at two Kiss shows earlier this year in uh, Montreal and Ottawa, and fans were coming up, and, and they were talking to me about all kinds of stuff, positive stuff, and, and talking SHIT. Oh, it's not like old kids. It's not like Ace, and it's not. And this band's perfect, and I'm loving it. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. That's great. That's great. But can I watch it? I would love, 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 love to watch it. So please, just, just let me watch it. Let me hear it. In fact, let me let me restate that. I don't want to watch it. I want to hear it. 
Please let me hear it. Uh, anyway, I know this sounds like a rant, and I'm not one to rant, but but talk to me, folks. Uh, hit me up on my Twitter, at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, at Mitch Lafon, or on my Facebook or any one of my socials, and say, listen, dude, that rant about just before the Aaron Lewis thing, you're either completely nuts and off base, and if I go to a show and I pay the money, I'm allowed to talk, and because of oh, freedom of speech... Or, no, sorry, I'm not putting down freedom of speech. I'm just saying when somebody gives me that excuse at a show, it's like, oh, come on. That, that's that's not the purpose. Um, but talk to me about, uh, you know, am I right? Do you not want to just go to a show and, and go to a show? I mean, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I know. I know the prices of tickets are out of this world and people are complaining about it. it's 150 bucks or it's 200 bucks and all that. And then you get there and you got somebody in your ear moaning about what happened at the office or moaning that this guitarist is not as good as the other guitarist or moaning that they didn't play this song or or they're playing it wrong. And it's just like, come on, stop. Just just enjoy. Enjoy the show. Anyway, speaking of enjoying stuff uh, this month, the month of May 2019, the mighty. Uh, Whitesnake put out a new album called Flesh and Blood. And I got to tell you, and I don't do reviews. I, I think reviews are completely useless. It's, it's, it's opinion couched in pomposity. But this album, Flesh and Blood, you know, when, when Judas Priest last year released Firepower, everybody got on board and said, oh my God, it's the most vital Judas Priest album of the last 20 years. Oh my God, they haven't lost anything. Oh my God, it, it, it is, you know, top five Judas Priest albums of all time. Uh, and, and I'll throw this in, by the way, uh, Claudio Bergman, who uh, did the art for Firepower, is also the same guy that did the art for Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. And, oh, this is a shameless plug. This is as shameless as it gets. Trust me, I, I'm in shameless territory. But Firepower, artwork by Claudio, Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon, artwork by Claudio, and available now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch. Huh. Isn't that easy? So L-U, sorry, L-O-U-D-T-R-A-X dot com forward slash Mitch. So if you want to look uh, your sexiest, there's two models of shirts out there. There's the baseball jersey with the white sleeves or raglans, I believe they're called. And also the uh, classic black that has the uh, Claudio artwork on it there for Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. They are available now and shipping now. So head over to loudtracks.com forward slash Mitch. Now, uh, shameless plug aside, let me just get back to, to, to Whitesnake and, and how I was getting there from Judas Priest. I believe that Whitesnake has made their firepower in the sense that fans should be saying that this is essential listening. Fans should be saying that this is the best they've heard the band in 20 years. And of course, I say that with no uh, no disparaging comments against what Whitesnake has done recently. But this album, Flesh and Blood, captures the band at an absolute apex. What Reb Beach and Joel Hoekstra and David and everybody else has done is commit to vinyl or to CD or the, the, the atmosphere, this wonderful, wonderful um, album. And, and the songs are great. I mean, uh, my personal favorite is Trouble Is Your Middle Name. So if you're listening to this, again, head back over to the, uh, to the uh, wonderful internet, the uh, Twitter or my Facebook, and say, hey, you know, I heard the show. 
and I agree with you or I disagree with you about Flesh and Blood. And my favorite track is, or simply, I don't have a favorite track because I don't like it, but that's not true. If you're a Whitesnake fan, you're a hard rock fan, you're going to love this album. It is absolutely, absolutely uh, delightful, right? Is that the word? Do, do we use the word delightful in rock reviews? Uh, not sure. Uh, anyway, so so do pick that up and support uh, the band, support uh, Whitesnake, support Firepower or, or Judas Priest, I should say. And I will say this, uh, after reading an article in the New York Times about CDs, buy the CD, play it on CD, and I'll tell you why. Or, in fact, I will steal the idea from the New York Times and tell you why. Uh, the argument in the, in the article in the New York Times was, the great thing about CDs over streaming is the sound quality is better. There's no commercials. Because sometimes if you have like a free Spotify or free whatever, they, they run commercials before and after songs. And more importantly, or most importantly, no algorithms. When I play whatever CDs I want at home, whether it's Metallica or Kiss or, or Duran Duran or Whitesnake or Judas Priest, the only person knows that I played that is me. And that's the way it should be. But when you hit stream or, uh, streaming and those different streaming sites and you play these songs, well, they start gathering that information and they start compiling playlists and suggesting albums. And at some point, there's a profile created. And that profile, with all, as they do with algorithms, eventually leads to them pushing stuff onto you. Here's a new album you should listen to. Here's a new album you should play. And... What I find most disturbing in algorithms is sometimes that, that connectivity that different apps have. I know that whenever I go searching for something on Amazon, the next sponsored ad I see on Instagram is for that thing. And it is couched within. So uh, I'll give you an example. The other day I was looking up uh, dog treats for, for my dog. So, you know, snacky chicken tenders or whatever. And then I went to my Instagram, and suddenly, scrolling through the, whatever you call it, the page, or, or, or the, there was a lot of dog pictures. And I was like, hmm, okay. And then embedded, or somewhere within those dog pictures, there was like, hey, get this at Amazon. And I was like, wow. And it was instantaneous. I mean, I, I essentially closed the Amazon app, opened up Instagram, and there it was. So, so that's why, uh, stick to CDs. There's no, there's no algorithms. Nobody's spying on you. Um, you know, and, uh, anyway, uh, that said, I'm, I'm about to buy a new car in the next couple of weeks and I'm actually questioning, do I get it with the CD player or not? Cause it, actually in the car, I do like just having everything on the phone and just uh, Bluetooth it over or whatever. Anyway, uh, enough rambling, uh, 10 minutes of rambling. Let us get over to the one, the only, the mighty Aaron Lewis. We are speaking with a singer-songwriter, Aaron Lewis. The current, the, the new album is State I'm In, came out in April. And of course, at the end, or in the fall, I should say, you've got a few shows or a couple of shows with Stained. So, Aaron, an absolute, absolute pleasure to have you today. Pleasure's all mine. How are you, sir? Good. I'm doing very well, actually. So, uh, very excited to talk to, to you about this. Let, let me get into the album State I'm In. Uh, just came out in, in April. Talk to me about putting out these country records or putting out country records. You, you know, when I first got to know you back in the 90s, it was 
new metal or hard rock, whatever you want, whatever label you want to put on it. Talk to me about transitioning and getting into country and, and changing over that sort of style and, and essentially changing your brand. Um, well, you know, I, I finished my record contract. I made it all the way through to the end of my contract and, uh, and decided that I didn't want to do something moving forward on my own. That was kind of stained light, if you will. And, uh, and the one thing that I could have done musically that, that wasn't necessarily reinventing myself was go back to the music that I was force fed as a kid. I mean, there was all of my memories of childhood had, had, had country music as a soundtrack. And, uh, and so that was really what led to the, the transition of going to country music rather than doing anything else, any other genre or staying in the genre that I was in and, and just doing a, a light version of what I had already been doing. When you mentioned the contract was up. So, so when the contract expires and you're sort of a free agent, oh, that, it didn't expire. Okay. I, I, I outlived it. Right. I, I, I honored my contract. I turned in all the records that we were supposed to turn in and, and survived our contract. And we, we were then free agents. Yes. Okay, but so I, I want to take you up on the word survive. Though, what, was there a point where there was there was a sort of a, a disgust with what was going on, or was it just okay? We've done it. We fulfilled our. We we we've done what we have to do, and it's just time for chapter two. I mean, so the question being, was it you know just great to sort of get away, or was it oh my god, I can't believe this is over. Thank God, I, I you know. Um, by the time we got to the end of of our contract, I, I needed, I needed a break. Uh, I needed a break from, from those songs and, and, and kind of reliving it every time I sang them. And, uh, and so it was a, it was a healthy needed break from, from what I'd been doing all that time. Yeah. And it turned out great. You know, I wrote all those, I wrote all those songs you know, uh, I, uh, somebody has to live through something in order for it to turn into a song. And, you know, I wrote all those songs and, and I had to live through it and, and to somewhat relive it every night over and over and over and over and over again. It, it, I needed a break. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can appreciate that. I, I do want to ask you about because there's something that you, you know, these these incidences on the stage, which I support you in, by the way, because when I go to a show and there's somebody right behind me talking all night, it drives me crazy, and I'm like, dude, I just paid 150 bucks to hear the song. I don't want to hear about what you did at the office this afternoon. Um, talk to me a little bit about that in well, terms I'm of standing up I'm in those situations. I'm standing up for you. Yes, you know, I agree, uh, and thank they, you. Any time those things get reported on, they are so pulled out of context 
there, there's, there, there's no perspective of what the evening was or when in the evening these things happened or, or anything like that. It, it's, it's just reported on to make me look as bad as it could possibly make me look because that's what the media has turned into these days. Right. But I have to say, I don't think it made you look bad because I agree with you. I, as a reporter, go to a lot of shows and people are always on, hey, Mitch, blah, blah. And, you know, you just, I just want to hear rock and roll all night. That's why I came tonight. I, I don't want to hear about whatever. And so so how do you how do we change that media perception or has the media gone just sort of so far out where everything has to be drama that we can't actually appreciate the art for what it is? Everything's clickbait now. Everything is as 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 like uh, twisted up and 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 just the the most negative things, the the most uh, you know controversial things, the way that they state it in the in the in the the, the header of the of the article. It's all to get you to click on it. I agree, and, and, and truth is truth is out the window because uh, you know I read the reportings on those uh, on those those evenings in question where where I wound up you know it, it being brought to everyone's attention what had happened and and there was such little pieces of truth in there and then the whole rest of it was just a complete twist it, it's laughable. Well, it really is. And I also don't like the perspective and the way it paints you in the sense that this is like something that happens all the time. I mean, you've been around since the 90s. You've had a couple of shows where you've done that and rightly so. And so it's anyway, I applaud you for that. I really think you did a good thing. And I'll tell you on this show, just so you have so you have no worries. I do what, what what all in the family was like back in the day, live to tape. Whatever we're saying here is what fans are going to hear word for word. There's no cutting. There's no editing. If, if we do 20 minutes, they hear 20 minutes. If we do 30 minutes, they'll hear 30 minutes. And it's going to be what you say, which is, I think, the way it should be, quite frankly. Uh, you know, um, let me get back. Well, to, there's something to be said for there's something to be said for honest reporting. Well, you I know, try that, to. That's. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, I, freedom of press is based on honest reporting. That's all. I I agree, and I, and anyway, I don't want to get into a whole political thing, but I, but I do think that yeah, we, no, 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 we're good. We're I, good. I, no, but I do think we've lost perspective. I, I remember growing up, much like you might, listening to Dan Rather and, and Walter Cronkite and all those people, and you're thinking, okay, I can trust these people. And when I watch the news now, and I'm 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 in Montreal, I'm a Canadian, I watch the American news, and I listen to it, and I go, ah. That's a Democrat reporting, and ah, that's a Republican. And I shouldn't be—I shouldn't do that when I'm watching the news. You—you you shouldn't be able to do that anyway. Um, no, it should be—it should be the honest facts, and and the opinion needs to stay out of it unless it's clearly stated that it's opinion. Yeah, and and we've that's, lost. That's the problem: is the line has been blurred between opinion and actual factual reporting, and and what we tend to get most of is opinion which makes it so that someone else has put their opinion on it already instead of you being the person that puts your opinion on the honest news that's been reported 
I agree, and I would say it's not even been blurred. I think they've erased it. But uh, let me quickly get back to the music because that's what we're here for. Uh, you got yes, a, sir. You got a chance to work with Buddy Cannon. Of course, he has done uh, a lot of stuff with Kenny Chesney and a whole bunch of others. What does he bring to the table? Because, you know, I look especially at some – uh, and I don't want to call you a heritage act, but I, I see some bands that have had a long career and they start self-producing. And I always go, oh, my God, what are you doing? You need those outside ears. Uh, first of all, do you think is that a, a proper perspective? Do you need outside ears when you're making an album? And then talk to me about Buddy and what he brings to the mix. <sighs> well, for me, I've I've always tended to battle with the outside ear because I'm a creative and I hear things the way I hear it and I want it to come out the way I hear it. Um, but at the same time, I guess it's, it's sort of a necessity in order to, to push yourself at times to, to, maybe better what you've come up with or, or, or have someone suggest a change that might not, you know, there's, it's a necessary evil, I I guess. Um, with buddy, it, it's, we almost share a brain. So it just works. Like if he doesn't say it, I said it. And, and buddy for me is like, he's, he's the translator too. I don't know Nashville numbers. I don't know any of that stuff that is how you have to communicate with the session guys that, that come in to record. Um, so, you know, a a producer, a producer definitely has his place and has, it has a purpose. Um, I've just always battled with producers that, tried to take over the process of writing. There's been a couple that I've, that I've definitely gone toe to toe with throughout the entire recording process. Is that a question of just your, you're in charge, it's your album and you want to make it be your thing. Or is it a trust issue where you go, I'm not sure this guy's getting me like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you sort of, I mean, I guess it's all sorts of different facets, but you know, I, 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 I write my own songs. I'm not taking songs from a catalog and then having a producer help me put the, put them all together. It's a, it, it, it's a, it's a personal thing. It's, it's, it's my song. Don't, don't tell me that the words aren't right. I write the words. You know, if you want to start writing songs, then then go write songs. You know, if you if you had that ability to do that, you you probably wouldn't be a producer. You would probably be an artist that writes songs. I, I don't know. Right. He, it, it's just it's a personal thing for me. It's it's like you know don't don't fuck with my craft. Yeah, nor should you. And by the way, swearing is permitted, so we're good. Um, Let me ask you then about the mechanics of it all uh, on two fronts. First of all, when you're writing songs for Tormented or Break the Cycle, then you get to State I'm In, is the songwriting process 
the same and then it's just the instrumentation later that's different? Or do you really have a way to write for Stained and another way to write for Aaron Lewis, uh, solo artist? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, it's something that I definitely appreciate about having this second outlet being my, my solo stuff. Uh, it, it does allow me to write differently. It, it allows me to tell different stories. It allows me to, to, you know, as a perfect example on my first country record, there's a song called endless summer about taking my daughters to the beach for the weekend. I really don't think I could have applied that song to a stained record. It, it just though lyrically it, it, it wouldn't, I don't know that it would have worked. So it does give me a, a different way of, of telling stories. The, the song writing process is still the same where I've, you know, I've, I've sat down on, a, on an acoustic guitar and, and come up with a skeleton of a song and then present the skeleton of the song to the, to the other musicians that are, that are in the studio with me. Um, and, and that's the way, that's the way it was on the songs that, that I wrote on an acoustic guitar back with stained as well. Um, where the song was a song before I brought it to the band and, and then, they do all the stuff on the song that I'm not capable of, of doing. Uh, I'm not that uh, technically good of a, of a guitar player or, or a musician. I, I have an ear and, and I, I, I just have a musical sense. I don't, I don't necessarily have the skills to back it up. Um, well, so, well, I was just going to say, I mean, based just on record rudi- sales. I'm pretty rudimentary. Mm. I'm pretty rudimentary when it comes to my guitar playing and 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 whatnot. I, I'm, I'm not going to blow anybody's mind with my technical skills at, at any point ever. But sometimes it's about being yeah. efficacious and not uh, not over the top. But let, let me ask you then this on the other on the other side. So lyrically, like you said, endless summer and stuff wouldn't go for stain. What about vocally? Do you approach it in the same way and just sort of, uh, you know, vocally is one more challenging than the other? And, and or, or do you still sort of hear the same sort of vocal pattern in your head and then just deliver it for the pro? You know what I'm saying? It, it, is, is it a challenge? It's, 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 it's always challenging to take yourself out of a vocal pattern. It always is, you know, that's why there's so many bands out there that, that, you know, they it gets to a point where there's seven or eight songs that you can hear throughout four or five different records. And, and, it, you know, it, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no worries. We'll, we'll, we'll keep moving. Um, you know, I've, I've had a chance. Yeah, well, that, that won't get edited out either, which is awesome. No, I'm I'm going to leave it in, and 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 uh, I'll. Oh, send... I know, I know, I know you are. I'm going to leave everything in. So, uh, last time I spoke to uh, to Mike, uh, he was uh, promoting Saint Ansonia, and you know, obviously yep. the question comes up: Is Stain going to happen and stuff? And then I've seen interviews with you and the other guys, and you're like, No, Stain hasn't broken up. We're still here. We're still here. 
And yet, since 2011, there's been no new music and shows have been sparse, if any. Um, and now we've got these shows coming up in September and October, Louder Than, Louder Than Life Festival and Aftershock Festival. Talk to me a little bit about that. Are those just sort of testing the waters and we'll see if this leads to something in 2020? Or is this like more, man, the money was so great. We'd be real stupid to not say yes. Uh, you, you know, is this the beginning of, of chapter two or is just this enjoy what we get and you know, where are we going with the band? I, I think that both of the avenues that you just said are are true and possible. You know, this is this is definitely a, a you know let's let's just get together and play a few shows and and see what happens and and. You know, 2020 is 2020, and and we'll see, we'll see. I'm not, I, I I've I've made no commitments to anything. I've I'm I I just want to kind of see how this this couple shows goes. Now, the band has, like I mentioned, has never said we've broken up. Um, is that sort of we how never it? Did. Is that it? I mean, is that how how everybody felt? It, it's never been this sort of animus where we just say, "Hey, dude, Mike, I hate you. Don't, I don't want to see your face again." I mean, it's never been that. It's no, just been... it was never like that. So it was just about discovering other avenues. I mean, Saint does great stuff. Your solo stuff is great. So it was was it just that sort of growing creatively? Well, saying, I needed hey. that. I needed the break that I referred that I, right. that I talked about earlier. Right. I definitely needed that break, and and that break turned into these avenues and uh and you know the the break went long enough to where where you know i i wouldn't mind getting out there on stay on stage with with stained and, and playing some songs that we all wrote together a long time ago now you didn't you did mention when you were talking about the break that you had to get away from singing the same old songs again because they brought up whatever emotions or feelings. Is that something now that you're that you, I don't want to say you can handle, but is there a fear that you'll get back into that pattern, or it's like you know what I've grown over the last eight years. I'm fine, you know. Leave me alone. I'll, this is I'll go do these songs. Everybody will have a good time. Just enjoy it. Um, you know I I, I think that. It was, you know, 13, 14 years of being away from home for 10 months out of the year. And, and, and singing those songs. And, you know, it was, it was just a culmination of, of, of everything. I, I just, I, I, I needed a break and, and, uh, and I'm ready to, to play some shows again. I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And the fan, the fans are, are, are still there and they're, they, they're still, they're, they're still, we're all, we're all waiting to hear from you again in, in both, uh, the solo version and the stained, um, in terms of musical outlooks and musical projects, 
are these two entities good enough for you or, or do you want to explore other stuff? Do you want to do a classical album or write a Broadway show or, or, or do a, a more prog well, None record? of those things. No. <laughs> you, none of you, those man? things, but I certainly, I, I've certainly started messing around with, with, with other avenues and, and, uh, I, I've always wanted to do some sort of programmed, you know, kind of hip hop, but ambient, I guess, I guess, you know, this, this new girl, Billie Eilish is kind of, it's what she's doing is, is, it's kind of something that I've, that I've always, always, always toyed around with the idea of. And, and I have been toying around with it. And I've got a, a friend that he's actually my landlord in Nashville and, and he's a programmer and we've been messing around with some stuff and, and you never know. That would, that, you, well, you would make my daughter happy. I can tell you that much because uh, she she's always Billy. Billy, can you can you get me to meet her? Can you? And I'm like, hey. Oh, she's she's a very very talented young lady. Oh, like she is. Those song, these songs, the songs that she writes, uh, she's she's very very talented, and it's just her and her brother, from what I understand. She she's great, and, and there's another one from the scene, and we're we're deviating for a second, but there's a girl named Dua Lipa. I saw her show last year. There was seventy five thousand people, and it was mesmerizing. And listen, I'm a rock guy. I'm Kiss, Aerosmith, and but this Dua, she was mesmerizing, absolutely terrific. And I, I see we're getting to the twenty five minute mark, so I'll, I'll start wrapping up. But just real quick, assuming that the shows go well, and assuming that the band decides to write together again and have an album come out in 2020. Do you look back at, at the history of the band and say, okay, we've got to write something like this, you know, have our sound, like sort of like ACDC has their sound. Or do you say, listen, it's 2020, it's been eight years or nine years at that. We create something new. We move the, the, the ball forward. We're not going to go back to, you know, 1996. How would you see a new stained record? Is it living in the past or moving it forward? Um, I think that if we were to go into the studio and do anything, it would be pretty brutal. It, it would, it would be continuing back to how heavy we were to begin with when it's been a while and outside and so far away and songs like that, that were radio songs confused everything. Because if you came and saw us at a show, the show was a hell of a lot heavier than most of the songs that you would hear on the radio. And it would, I would have to say that it would be going back in the direction of, of just heavy. It sounds like, like you're actually looking, you're looking forward to doing a heavy album, aren't you? You, You've got that desire. Probably. I think I've got some, some, some pent up stuff that that would probably flow out quite nicely over, over some of Mike's heavy riffs. All right. I'll finish with this then. Have you, have you demoed anything? Not, not for stain necessarily, but have you written any heavy songs in the last 
five, six years that are, are sitting in a vault somewhere. You're saying, this is, I'm going to unleash no. this. No. So you, you've really gone to the country thing and just stayed in that. Yes, sir. Ah, well, hey, listen, uh, listen, uh, I hope that uh, that you and Mike get together. I hope it comes out. I hope you do this. And I certainly hope, uh, you know, wish continued success in the solo career. And and I do agree with you that when fans come to go to a show, shut the f- up. Just go listen to the effing music. I mean, God. Well, um, isn't that what you paid for the ticket for? Yes. I mean, if you wanted yes. to have a conversation, why don't you stay home and talk over your kitchen table? Well, and, and I'll... And and I'll I'll add this, it seems to be pervasive because you know when you go to the movie now to see the new next Marvel movie, they're talking behind you about did you see this did you see that and it it it's like listen folks we're not in our living room you are at a live venue you are in a cinema you are in enjoy the moment stop with the uh, the the bitching about the the the, the what happened in the office today or, uh, anyway I, I'm I'm with you. So that's my well, rant. That's my rant for the day. Now, <laughs> now we, can, we, we can hear, we can see uh, Blabbermouth put my rant up there. But uh, Aaron, this has been an absolute, absolute pleasure. I have uh, followed the career. I've enjoyed the career. I think it was, uh, and maybe it's not the right word, but I think it was ex- exceptionally courageous to step out of the mold and go do your own thing. And, and such a, a diverse, you know, from from country to rock, I mean, to really just sort of step out and go, yeah, no, I'm not going to do rock light, as you said. Um, you know, kudos. Just absolutely courageous. Well, that, that really would have been the easy way out. Of course. Yes. It, it, that, that, would have, that would have been what everybody expected me to do. And, and I don't know that it would have gone the same. You know, I just put out my ninth number one debut record. And I don't know whether it would have gone that way if I hadn't if if I hadn't done something different. Oh, I fully agree. Had you done sort of rock light, I think every credit would have said, "Well, that's really nice, but when are you going to do this with Mike again?" It would always have been a yeah. comparison, or you're missing the parts, and it would have been like, "No, I'm not missing the parts. I'm doing a solo album." Yeah, but it, do your solo album with Mike, and it's like. <laughs> Come on, stop it. But by doing country, it's like, yeah, this is me, and it's only me, and you can't say it's it, anything it else. Was, there was a separation made, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, sir. I hope, I hope you enjoyed the interview, and it will go up as is, and uh, I will send it to your publicist so she can forward it to you. And as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Thank you very, very much. You have been absolutely terrific. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFond. Mitch LaFond.